are the New York Knicks. We are the New York Knicks. Say go New York, go New York, go. On the floor, scoring more is 94, and the Knicks are hardcore, and I'll tell you like this, we ain't never look sharp, with Hubert... You are now listening to the Knicks State of Mind Podcast, presented by Elite Sports Radio. And now, your hosts, Chip Murphy and Matt Castillo. Hello everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Knicks State of Mind Podcast. I'm Matt Castillo, Chip Murphy here. Chip, yesterday was a good day. It started off bad because my church softball team lost, and I hate to lose. <laughs> that was the negative side. I thought, wow, this is the worst day possible. When I lose, I'm a short loser. I'm like the Cam Newton of church league softball. I don't like to lose. Um, but what that's made bad, my day that's better? A horrible loser. Horrible I just loser. I hate losing. I was I threw my hat a couple of times. Um, so it, it just it was an awful day. It was an awful day. That started the day. The Yankees winning and evening up uh, the record with the Red Sox. And, you know, now, right now, they're playing currently. This is uh, on Wednesday. Uh, they're leading one nothing in the first inning. But anytime the Yankees beat the Red Sox, it'll turn it all the way around. So I'm in a very good mood today. Hopefully this good mood continues with the Yankees, um, you know, getting another victory because nothing will be... Nothing's better than that when we beat the Red Sox, especially everything that happened in the last series. So I'm going to be very energized for this show today, and we got several Nick, uh, Nick topics to discuss. Uh, one of the things that we'll start with is one of the rumors that we've been hearing. Now, it's every year we get some kind of rumor that somebody's coming to the Knicks. Um, it's a possible trade. I saw articles even saying that what the Knicks could offer could be perfect for this deal, uh, and obviously talking about Kawhi Leonard. Uh, everybody knows his situation with the Spurs. About a, two years ago, it looked like he was going to be the face of the Spurs, and everything looked great, grand, wonderful over there. And then this past season, him suffering the injury, his quad injury, he would come back, then he wouldn't come back and have to do more rehab, and then eventually just left the team and... Uh, never returned for the the remainder of the second half of the season and throughout the playoffs, uh, despite some reports that he was expected to come back. His, his team doctors said that he could, but his his group um, said that it wasn't, he wasn't ready to come back yet. So it seems like there is a rift between Kawhi Leonard and the San Antonio Spurs. So the reports are now stating that the Spurs are going to take calls for him. They're ready to move on from Kawhi Leonard. So first of all, Chip, the Spurs organization, if we could start right here, it's been like the model organization for the NBA. And Kawhi Leonard is a very shy, not really outspoken guy. I was a little surprised about what happened this season uh, with him and the Spurs were you surprised by it? I mean, this is something that's so not like the San Antonio Spurs. Like, things don't happen to them like this. This is more like a yeah. Nick news. You know what I mean? For sure. Yeah, for sure. I think everyone was surprised that something like this happens at the Spurs. I mean, I know LaMarcus Aldridge had his issues. Uh, I, apparently, he requested a trade last year. Right. But him and Pop were able to work that out. 
Um, but yeah, we're so used to uh, the idea of their franchise player uh, being Tim Duncan in the past, being just this uh, cordial guy with Popovich and having literally no ego and no problems at all with anything the organization does, you know, being the rare superstar who's uh, yelled at on the sidelines in front of TV cameras, in front of his teammates by his head coach, you know, Tim Duncan's a rare breed, but we're just used to that with the Spurs, that they're able to do whatever with their players. That's the kind of organization they are, you know, and it's, pretty shocking and i don't think it's about really Kawhi leonard because from what i understand i think Kawhi and popovich are still on good terms i I think it's more about like leonard's group and his i think his uncle is kind of calling the shots now i'm not sure if he's his agent or if he's just a guy who's pulling the strings making plays for him I, I think he might be his agent look there was a report that came out in ESPN a really uh, lengthy uh, report uh, Ramona Shelburne and Michael C. Wright everybody should read it and it says multiple league sources told ESPN that the Spurs have grown worried that Leonard's group has ulterior motives to fray the relationship and get Leonard traded to a larger market like Los Angeles, which is Leonard's hometown, or New York or Philadelphia. And apparently uh, Leonard's um, uncle, I believe it is, uh, lives in New Jersey. So that's another reason that uh, the Knicks talk uh, started up. But um, yeah, I, Obviously, whenever a star player is on the block, the Knicks are automatically linked to him. They were linked to Kyrie Irving, <laughs> right? And they had they had no business being linked to him, and they were linked to him. But um, yeah, I, I I was shocked, like everybody else. Um, and I'm still not convinced he's going to be traded, though, because, okay. like you said, the Spurs are the Spurs, and I think unless somebody blows them away with some insane offer uh, I think that they'll work it out and he'll be a spur next year yeah uh, to me I, I just I, I do think that the Spurs are going to listen to offers and I, I, I have a feeling that Kawhi Leonard is done in San Antonio I think the team his teammates even got to the point where they were frustrated with he's going to return next week and then did not return and oh, it'll be this week and they just got tired of having to answer questions about it and I, I think by him not returning when team doctors were basically saying he should be out here ready to go I think his teammates lost a little respect for him so I don't I don't think you know the Spurs organization Popovich could talk to him or, or somebody in the organization could talk to him and try to steal him back but uh, you're going to have to do more. Than just coaches and the organization. You have to convince these players as well. I really do feel like these players are probably a little ticked off with them and wouldn't mind seeing them go at this point. So I do think it's very likely that Kawhi Leonard will end up in a trade. Now, with that being said, of course, as you mentioned, Chip, everybody becomes available to the Knicks when they're available. That's just the way things work. 
Everybody wants every star player to put on the Nick uniform. And some of the offers I've seen would include Frank Nielakina, uh Courtney Lee, and a first-round pick. Is that too much, Chip? No. Wow. <laughs> no. Wow. Would you think that's too much? Oh, I think it's way too much, and I'll tell you why. But I want to hear. I want to hear from you first. Oh my God! Way too much, Matt. <laughs> Kawhi Leonard is a top five player in the league. He turns twenty seven years old in June. He's smack in the middle of his prime. I oh god, too much. Look, he's look. I get it. Giving up first round picks makes all Knicks fans go insane. Okay, their there hands we go. Get their hands get clammy. They run to the bathroom and start vomiting over giving up the idea of giving up first round picks. But you understand that this is Kawhi Leonard. What do you think you're going to draft a better player with like the tenth pick or something? Jesus, like, and I I know. Look, Frank Nilakina. What did you see enough in his rookie season to say no to to Kawhi Leonard over him? Right. Oh my God! Look, hey, hey I promise you, it's Kawhi not Frank Nilakina. You know how I feel about him. I'll get rid of him today. With okay, me, well, Chip. I, I think I just I think I just made my feelings pretty clear. Right. This is Kawhi Leonard. You pair Kawhi Leonard with Kristaps Porzingis, and you worry about what's next. The only issue I have with it is that first round pick. And I hear what you're saying because you make a good case that are we going to get a Kawhi Leonard with the eighth, ninth, tenth pick, and knowing the next luck, it might be like the twelfth pick because um, that's that's what we do. We fall. And and we, we said that last year, and that, that's exactly what the case was. We ended up falling or staying right where we're at. I can't quite remember, but we, we didn't move up. We didn't do better. Um, for me, let's get through the lottery first because what if the Knicks do? They have a 6% chance, the number one overall pick. I know that's so unlikely, not saying it's going to happen, but what if it does? If you have the number one overall pick, are you going to give that up? I don't know. Well, no, I wasn't talking about. I thought you were talking about 2019 pick. No, the, uh, they're talking about this year first round pick. This year. Did you see a 2019 pick one? I tweeted out a tweet that we should trade a first round pick. We should be willing to trade a first round pick. Oh, okay. See, I can I can understand that a future first round pick. Okay. Yeah. I'm saying this year we're already in the lottery. And that's why I have a hard time. Because, look, you guys know how I feel about Neil Aquina. I I can trade him to get a piece like like Kawhi Leonard and Courtney Lee as well. As much as I I love Courtney Lee, he doesn't need to be there. And we can get some value back for him. Absolutely, you just do it. Um, But, you know, it's... This year's first-round pick for me might be asking for a little too much because, look, Kawhi Leonard did sit out most of the year. He kind of showed a side of him that's not very likable. you know. And I don't know everything that's going on. I, I, don't, I don't know the whole situation, so it's hard to sit back and judge Kawhi Leonard. But the whole situation seemed to be a little, little shady. 
And it's... I am a little scared, and I think a lot of people would be scared because of what happened this year to go ahead and give up a first-round pick for this year's draft. But if you're saying, Chip, you would give a future first-round pick, yeah, if they would take it, why not explore it? Uh, And I... Kawhi Leonard, Brzingis, we don't know when Brzingis is going to be back. Do you think that's a combination that works out? Look, first of all, they would never do that trade. (laughs) They would never make a trade for two players of Frank Nielakina and Courtney Lee, especially when their best young player is a point guard. So they don't want (laughs) to... They don't want a point guard prospect anyway in return. But hypothetically, um, look, I, I'm sorry, buddy. What was your question again? If, if something did happen, like we, we are able to swing a Kawhi Leonard trade to the Knicks. Do you see him and Brzingis being a good fit together? Yeah, I do. I, I think that, look – if you get them, you talk about two of the best defensive players in the NBA. Kawhi Leonard is arguably the best defensive player in the NBA. So, I mean, what do we argue about the most? The Knicks have a horrendous defense right. for the last, like, 20 years. You put those two guys on the court, what are the chances of the Knicks not having a good defense with those two guys on the court? It would help. Yeah. yeah it would. I can't argue that. This it, it, it's. I think the big thing for me is, and I could consider a, a future first round pick, but I am just I'm a little, little sketched out by by Kawhi Leonard. But you're saying that we shouldn't be. That last year was just one of those things. We don't know everything, so people should not be afraid of, of what happened with Kawhi Leonard last year. Is that is that fair to say, Chip? Yeah, I think it's fair to say. I, I wouldn't be. I definitely take the shot on him. I mean, he showed so much in the year prior to that, in the year prior to that even. But last year, I guess, was his real breakout season. He averaged 25 and a half a game. But, yeah, he was outstanding. And like I said, he's 27 years old. You know, he's on the right side of 30. He's, yeah, you got to take a shot on a guy like that. I mean, and yeah, I mean, he's got a player option in 2019, 20. So you get him for next year. And look, if it, if it doesn't work the pairing with Porzingis, then you let him walk anyway. But, uh, it just, it's to me, I agree with a lot of fans. There's just something it, when you think Kawhi Leonard a few years ago, without a question, you think, this is a guy that, in a heartbeat, you would trade for. But last year, it does bother me. The way that he went about the season and, and, and how team doctors were saying that he could play, and he just he kind of abandoned the team and just took off. Was nowhere near him, even in their playoff run. Never even came to the games. Never came to the bench. And that, that rubs people and fans the wrong way. And like I said before, Chip, I think that's something that always happens to the Knicks. Like that that's a storyline to the Knicks. And I think if I could speak for what I, some of the fans and what some of the complaints were about it, is that 
Is he just going to do that to the Knicks? Is he going to be a diva to the Knicks? And we've been through that before. And if we're going to trade a draft pick, if we're going to trade prospects like Frank Nielakina uh, and, you know, a solid veteran player like um, Courtney Lee, can we really afford that? But, you know, also at the same time, I can see your point, Chip, that, yeah, we have seen more of the reward side of having Kawhi Leonard on your team than a risk guy. It's one season, uh, and the reward is very high because a couple of years ago he was looked as a top-five player, and because he kind of disappeared this season, he wasn't very, you know, a guy that was very highly regarded and, and talked about a lot, but Kawhi Leonard is, is a phenomenal player and certainly could help out the Knicks. So it, it just depends, you know, again, a lot of these writers that I've seen, Chip, feel like this is a, a Really strong possibility that the Knicks can, could get them. Um, and I didn't see that much optimistic about a trade from the writers when Kyrie was talking about he was interested. Of course, you had the rumors and that it's, it's, it, it could happen. But, you know, almost every kind of article I've seen, because they had articles out that every 30 NBA teams or 29 other teams could go ahead and offer this, and we could tell you how likely it is. Almost everyone I've seen, the Knicks are very highly uh, active in the game in the pursuit of um, acquiring Kawhi Leonard. And I think it comes down to, Chip, kind of like what you talked about in the beginning of this. Are are the Spurs really willing to trade Kawhi Leonard? I think they are. So usually I don't get optimistic, and I'm not saying that I am. But I I have a feeling, Chip, that this trade is actually possible. I think the Knicks could try to work it out. But I, I know you said you don't really see it happening. You don't think the Knicks can pull this trade off? I don't think they could get him unless they traded Chris South Porzingis. Okay. Which, in a million years, I would never want them to trade right. Chris South Porzingis. Right, okay. Fair enough. We'll, we'll leave it right here. Uh, when we come back, we're going to talk about Enos Cantor. Somebody we've given high praises of. But he did a big no-no. Last week, and we're, we're you know, and a lot of fans not very happy with what Cantor did. So we'll get into that in just a moment. Hello, everybody. Mac is still the co-host of the Nick State of Mind podcast and contributor to Elite Sports New York. You can follow me at Twitter at MattyDiesel15 to get my latest articles, videos, and podcasts. Make sure to follow Elite Sports New York's Twitter as well at Elite Sports NY and the rest of Elite Sports New York social media pages to stay up to date to all the New York sport news. Welcome back to the Nick's State of Mind podcast. Uh, Enos Cantor, a guy that Chip and I have praised over the course of this season and have said nothing but great things about Enos Cantor and the things that he has brought to this team. And if you guys obviously remember the whole feud between him and LeBron James uh, when Cantor was sticking up for Frank Nielakino when LeBron started talking about how the Knicks should have drafted somebody else. And, you know, we saw them get into it on the court. We saw some smack talk between them off the court on social media. And one thing, you know, after the, the they came to New York and we lost, you know, blowing a big lead. And after the game, LeBron told the media that this is his court. He's the king of New York. This is his playground, all that good stuff. And Cantor responded that we already have a king and his name is Brzingis. Uh, and we all love that. We all love that defending, you know, our, our team, 
not letting anybody kind of punk us, and we all loved that Cantor did that. Then last week, he disappointed many. He uh, made a big no-no. He made a plea to LeBron James, just like everybody else in the league is going to do, to come and play for the Knicks. But me and Chip are definitely going to go into why this is wrong. And I mean, I'm sure you fans already know because uh, we've seen it, um, talking about why Cantor did what he did. But he made his plea to LeBron saying, if you want to be the king of New York, come prove it. Come play for the Knicks. So Chip, I'll start with you and your thoughts of Enos Cantor trying to to basically beg LeBron to come to New York. I thought it was a joke at first. Um, I really did. I thought it was an absolute joke. Uh, and then I saw that it was true. Uh, and I was like, wow, does he... Is he really begging after everything that happened with him and LeBron this season? Is he really begging LeBron to come play in New York? Because I watched the video and he's not like, doesn't look like he's screwing with LeBron or anything. It looks like he's legitimately begging LeBron to come to New York. Right. It's it's pretty weird. It's very strange. Um, I guess it, it had to, obvi- or I don't guess, I know it had to do with LeBron's friend being hired as the coach, Fizdale. Uh, I don't know. Uh, to, to look a little deeper into it, maybe it says that Cantor is planning on opting in now because why would he care about LeBron coming to New York if he was opting out? I don't know. I, <laughs> I, I, I don't think there's any deeper meaning to it, I guess. I I think Cantor was just being weird on social media. <laughs> it, it, it's looked at as because he already claimed that we have a king and his name is Brzingis. And then you go, hey, well, you can come be king here. Brzingis can move yeah, down. And I think true. a lot of that's fans true. that rub people the wrong way. Even though, look, LeBron's the best player in the league, uh, the best player in the world. And it, it's something that every player in the league is doing, trying to recruit LeBron and tell him why – their city or their team is the best place for him to go. But what makes this wrong is the feud that he had with LeBron. Doesn't mean that, you know, you, you can, they became teammates. I mean, I don't think it was a very really serious feud anyway. I think it was just guys engaged in trash talk. But it kind of looks very weak now to kind of go kiss up to him. I wouldn't have a problem if somebody, if Perzingis was saying, hey, Come be the king of New York, man. You know what I mean? Something like like Brzingis or another star on the team, which we don't have a star on the team. So Brzingis, you know, if it was Brzingis who said it, I would be fine with it. It would be okay. It would make sense. But the guy that had that that drama with 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 uh, LeBron and, and and why we all loved him for it, kind of took a step back. Kind of like, what are you doing? Why are you doing that? Let, let somebody else do that. You you're supposed to be the guy that just. The dirty work guy, the enforcer, the guy that doesn't take crap from nobody. Don't don't beg somebody. That's a bad look for you. It's not anything that no player in the league is doing, but with the history you had with him this year, you're not the guy. That's like Lance Stevenson trying to pitch, LeBron, come to Indiana. That's not going to work. That's not, that's, no, you're not the guy that we need to do that. that. No, did not make any sense at all. Um, so I was a little disappointed with him. I feel like uh, he kind of backed down to LeBron. 
And, and we all know it. Look, we know LeBron it would is the better player than Cantor and can dominate a game better than Cantor can. We see that. We know that. That's not anything that you don't know. But it's we still enjoy the fact that somebody stood up to him. And then we see, oh, I'm going to go back on that and start kissing butt. A little disappointed. I was hurt by my, my, my friend Cantor. And um, uh, I, I said that we should sign him back when he opts out for about $20 million. He lost a million. I'm on what? If he goes above 19, 19. that's it. <laughs> He's not coming. That's it. He, he lost a million dollars for what he did. Um, I mean it. I'm very strict about this, Cantor. Um, I still got a lot of love for you, but I'm, I'm disappointed. That's all. Just a little disappointed. And, Chip, now I'm going to say something that might be a little crazy. Because it's 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 just like exhausting to hear. But okay. I'm gonna throw this at you. Not that I'm claiming it's gonna happen, and I do acknowledge the fact that it is a long, long, long shot. It it is so far. But it could provide provide a little hope if you think about it. If the Knicks were able to pull off a trade to get Kawhi Leonard. Don't you think LeBron may consider the Knicks in all seriousness? Think about it. He was going to go to San Antonio. Why? Because Kawhi Leonard was there. That team up with Kawhi Leonard. Now he can go to New York and, and, and team up with them if the trade is done. Am I, am I completely stretching here? I know it's a, it's, things have to go perfectly right, and they won't. But if it did happen, can you see the Knicks actually seriously having a shot to land LeBron? No. No? All right. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, because, first of all, I don't think he wants to play for the Knicks. I don't think he has any interest in doing that. And second of all, I think that uh, you're leaving out one important aspect of playing for the Spurs other than Kawhi Leonard, and that is the Greg Popovich factor. He was interested in playing for Greg Popovich as well. He can play with his buddy, Fisdale. Yeah, I think that, you know, he he could have, you know, he's proven that he, he's a comfortable leaving his buddies, though, too. Because uh, Dwayne Wade's his best buddy. That's true. Good and uh, he was very comfortable leaving him in Miami. So uh, as much as he loves his friends, he doesn't always need to play basketball with them. <laughs> That's not the most important thing when it comes to winning basketball the most important thing to LeBron right now is winning championships and he's going to go wherever that's the most likely possibility. And I think because of that, he'll stay in the East, but uh, I don't think Kristaps Porzingis coming off of an ACL tear is the most likely option for a championship for him. So yeah, I think it's a, I think it's a stretch a big stretch, but uh, Kawhi would definitely help our chances, obviously. Right, right, he's right. going to even consider us without Kawhi. But, uh, yeah, I, I think it's definitely still a stretch. And it's funny because you know how last week we talked about Fisdale being hired and this means that people are going to start talking about uh, LeBron coming to New York now, putting that link together, thinking they solved it. And it was it was funny. The next day, Chip, I was listening to uh, the Dan Patrick show, and Dan did not say that uh, LeBron's going to sign with the Knicks. So I'm not claiming that. But what he did say was, I think the Knicks might have potentially hired Frisdale because they could at least get an interview with LeBron. At least bring him in. 
So I was like, oh gosh, it's already starting. But I think what I'm saying could make a little bit more sense because, like as you said, it would help. You have Kawhi Leonard there. You would get Brzingis back eventually, a young guy that could be a star in this league. Uh, And I'm just throwing it out there. Like I said, I know it's a long, long shot. But I was just checking to see maybe if if I'm being foolish a little bit. So you think I'm stretching a little bit. You can see why it would help the case, but you still think it's not going to happen. And that's fair. That's fair. I can take that. I'll take that. Yeah. I can understand. (laughs) I just, you know what? I thought about that this morning. We were uh, we were in the doing the show. We weren't even talking about LeBron. We went to a segment break, and my mind just goes everywhere. And I was looking up stuff on ESPN and all that. And then that clicked on me. So I've been waiting all day to kind of kind of see what you thought about that. So um, with that being said, well, we're going to wrap up the segment. We'll take another short break. Uh, when we come back, we're going to finish up the show with um, David Frisdale and his. Um, his introductory press conference will hit some of the key points and uh, go into a little bit kind of finishing up uh, the discussion we had about him last week in that first segment. So we'll be back in just a moment. Hi everybody, Matt Costello here, writer at EliteSports.com and co-host of the Next State of Mind podcast. Just wanted to take this time to thank the fans and remind listeners to follow our social media pages. You can find us on Twitter at Podcast or on our Facebook page at the Knicks State of Mind Podcast. Come be a part of the discussion. We want to hear from you and talk about the Knicks. Hi, everybody. Final segment, Knicks State of Mind Podcast. And this past week, earlier in the week, um, David Frisdale was introduced as the new Knicks head coach. And um, the media got a chance to talk to him. He got to share kind of his vision of how he's going to run this Knicks team. And uh, Chip, you know, I know it's it's hard for us now with both of our schedules that we we don't have as much time as we used to where we were able to watch every kind of content from the Knicks. We kind of keep up the best way that we possibly can. Um, But, you know, we we have seen some stuff. We have heard some stuff that uh, was mentioned in the press conference and some of the key points that he he touched on. Uh, What are some of the things that stood out to you um, with what – uh, Fisdale wants to do with this Nick team um, in his, another chance of being a head coach. Well, the way he talked about Porzingis is the first thing that's uh, stuck out for me, obviously, because uh, people were wondering how he would click with Porzingis because uh, his whole beef with Gasol, and which was, you know, I think a little overblown because Porzingis and Gasol couldn't be more different. And uh, he said Porzingis is the future of the NBA. And uh, he said, talked about like the super long, super athletic, super skilled, tough-minded workers and said that Porzingis embodies those guys. And I thought that was great to hear. It was great to hear him put over Porzingis. Uh, And then he actually, he said he takes, he said, I take ownership for uh, his beef with Gasol which uh, typically you wouldn't hear a coach say something like that. You just hear him say, I like no comment or I want to pass over something like that. But uh, he like owned up to uh, the fact that he bumped heads with Gasol and publicly acknowledged it. And I thought that was really impressive thing for him to do. And one thing that I really liked was uh, – he was asked about the whole point guard thing when the team has three point guards, Moutier, Burke, and Frank. And uh, 
he didn't call them point guards, apparently. Apparently, he responded by calling them guards, which I thought was really cool because that's kind of the direction the league is moving. There's no real point guards, positionless basketball. There's no real point guards or shooting guards anymore. It's just guards. So I thought it was really interesting that he said that because that's more of a modern style of basketball, and that's the way we should be playing and the idea of Frank playing off the ball next to Trey Burke, I would like to see that as our opening day starting backcourt next year. That's what I want to see. So I really like that. And uh, I, it wasn't from the press conference, but uh, I like what he said about uh, uh, Frank. I think it was – God, what's that? Do you know the show Michelle Beatles' new ESPN show oh, that she does? Up. Get get up! Yeah, 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 yeah. I think it was on. I think it was on there. He put over Frank Nielakina like big time. Like he talked about Frank's defense and all that, and said uh, a lot of really good things about him. You see him. He said he sees him as like a two way player. And then he said something that I really liked. He said uh, something that we say all the time. He said he thinks Frank is a little too unselfish. Which I like that he said that, and I hope he beats that message into Frank's right. brain the entire offseason. Just tells him, shoot, shoot, shoot. Right. And look, I, I was really impressed by everything I heard from him. And to kind of piggyback off of what you said um, about the high praise that he had for Bazingas, and that's important to start off that relationship with your star player, talk him up, make him feel good. Um, and make him feel comfortable that you're his head coach. Another thing that I like that doesn't have to do anything with the press conference is that he's planning already to uh, go to Latvia and, and see him. So I love yeah. the fact that, yeah. Definitely. Right, you know, he, he's trying to establish Something a Hornacek relationship. Something never did, by the way. What happened? Something Hornacek never did, by the exactly. way. Exactly. You know, and he's he's trying to establish this relationship with his star player. And I think, again, to piggyback what you said, acknowledging the fact that he he's probably the reason for the beef uh, of um, him and Gasol and, and owning up to it, learning from his mistakes and doesn't want to make that again. And I'm sure Gasol is one of the star players in Memphis. Maybe that's a thought process that Brzingis is thinking, like, oh, I, I this guy had some problems with his star and I don't want any problems. So what's he doing? Going right to his star and trying to build that relationship right away. I love that. I, I think that's such a great idea. Check on his rehab and you know, just have an opportunity to talk basketball with him for a little bit. will go a long way. Now, another thing that stood out to me was talking about defense. Now, here's the thing, though. How many times have we have heard a coach or somebody say, we need defensive-minded players out here. We need people to play defense. I love it, but I haven't seen it yet. I haven't seen somebody come in and prove this, uh, improve this defense. And I want to see, can he finally do that? Can he finally be the one? Because it's kind of getting to a, sounding like a broken record to me that we keep hearing coaches and players and front office people that we need to get better defensively. That's one of the pinpoints. That's a great point, man. And that's the one thing. How many times did Hornacek talk about it? And we we talked about how much we love that. And we're hoping to see it. And we never did. So it's something I love that our coach is acknowledging it. But at the same time, it's time for it to finally happen. Talk is very cheap. 
I, I, I'm not putting blame on him, obviously. He, he has done nothing with the team. But what I'm saying is I'm tired of hearing. Which we got to be better defensively. Show me. Show me. That's the one thing that I'm looking for right off the bat. Can he come in and perhaps get the best out of these players and get some defense finally? Because, look, you, you might not be the greatest team put together right now, but you can win a lot of games just based off of defense. And it's a layup line still for this Dick team, and it's just it, it's embarrassing to see. Teams come in knowing that they're just going to light you up. Uh, players that have career highs against, I mean, TJ McConnell from the Philadelphia 76ers had a triple double against us. Yeah, oh, and McConnell's a guy so that plays hard. Yeah, it's, it, it, you know, he plays hard, and I'm not trying to knock him and say he's not a good player. He, he, he adds a lot to that Philly team, but no way is he a triple double type player. The Knicks made him into a triple double type player. Things like that. People come in all the time and have career games against us, and it's embarrassing. And I want to see that change. So that's that's kind of the the take that I have on it. You know, it kind of the just really quick, just to kind of recap a little bit what I was saying last week. It is finally nice to see that this is a coach that a lot of people had on their radar, and the Knicks got him. He chose the Knicks. We talk about players who never seem to choose. New York, and he, as a coach, he chose the Knicks. The media is happy about it. We're not getting bashed for our decision. We're not, you know, taking a coach with no experience and putting him right there um, to handle this team. We got a guy that a lot of people liked and had a lot of respect for, and a guy that has a lot of connections around the league. So I'm very excited moving forward, and I feel good about this. And, and Chip, you got any closing remarks on, uh, you know, Fisdale being the head coach and his press conference? I mean, I agree with you completely. It was great to see them get basically the star candidate. Like, it, it was kind of like winning a, a free agent signing, you know? Like, right. this is a guy who could have had his pick of the litter, presumably, as the free agent, as the coaching openings go, uh, we know Phoenix offered him the job. Woj tweeted that uh, he turned down Phoenix for the Knicks job. Not that that's a very Surprising, tempting yeah. job or anything, but I assume, uh, I think he interviewed with Orlando and Charlotte. Uh, I assume Milwaukee would have been interested too, and that's a tempting job with the Greek freak there. Um. Yeah, so he there's a lot of job openings, and he turned them all down for uh, to come to New York. And like you said, in terms of players, that has always been the case. So, and my fine, one of my biggest thoughts on this is it's been a long time since the Knicks have had a coach that can attract free agents, right? And I think he's a guy that can do that. He's a guy who they can put in the recruiting room. You know, as much as I like Jeff, uh, Jeff Inga, as much as I like Jeff Hornacek <laughs> as a guy, right. he wasn't a guy who you could put in the room to recruit free agents. Exactly. He just wasn't. He didn't have that type of personality. So, and I don't think he could put Derek Fisher in that room either, even though he was a, a player's, even though he was a, 
a former player. Um, and Phil Jackson, the way he managed the team, I don't think he would want his coach in the recruiting room anyway. But you know what I mean? I, it's it's nice to have a coach that will be there, you know will be there, to pitch his vision of the team to free agents. I think that helps. Couldn't agree with you more, but that is all the time that we have. Uh, we're going to wrap up the show, and we'll be back next week.